Christmas Eve, there seems to be a special sense about the evening. As I said when we were starting the service, there comes moments of time for us during the year when we can just settle down and relax just a little bit. And I trust that after a very fast-paced year and perhaps a very fast-paced week that you now get a chance just to breathe for a moment. And I would like to share with you for just the next few moments... Just a devotional thought as we prepare ourselves for what lies ahead yet tonight and tomorrow. In the book of Isaiah chapter 9, we read these words beginning with verse 6. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of the government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I read a story I would like to share with you. Most places in the world had changed drastically over five decades. But the jungles below missionary Don Richardson's plane didn't appear to be one of them. The 77-year-old missionary surveyed the once familiar landscape as the aircraft pontoons touched down on the Cronkle River. It had been decades since he had lived in Kamur. And returning there felt like he was stepping back in time. About a quarter mile away after the plane touched down on the river... Through the glittering water, he could see a large crowd that was gathering on the shores that seemed to be waiting expectantly. As the doors of the plane opened up, there was a dugout canoe that had slithered up to the plane. And Richardson, along with his three grown sons, Stephen and Shannon and Paul, stepped into the canoe and began to hear the drums beating on the shore as the tribesmen were welcoming them. As Richardson approached the riverbank, certain details began to come into focus again that reminded him of what this place was like 50 years ago. Men were still wearing the colorful headdresses made from the plumage of the birds of paradise. The women were still in grass skirts. The men were adorned with jewelry that was made from the claws and fangs of animals and white paint stripes across their very dark face stood out in contrast. As he was getting close to the shore, he recognized that all of the men were holding spears or bows. The Sawi tribe looked the same as when Richardson had first met them 50 years ago. Only then, when he met them, they were cannibals and head shrinkers. It was June of 1962. The Sawi were one of the few tribes that were scattered yet in New Guinea, Indonesia, that still practiced headhunting. They had heard scattered reports of Tuans, as they called them. A Tuan was a rare, white-skinned being. They were known to be tall. They were known to be in possession of secret tools, like a fishing line that was almost invisible compared to their string. They had heard about tools of a toothy device that a Tuan would put next to a tree, and by simply moving their arms, the tree would fall down. They had heard that the Tuans carried with them potent medicines. And they had hoped one day to make contact with the Tuan. 
So they began to talk to some of the neighboring tribes, inquiring as to how that might come to pass. Some of the tribes said that would not be impossible for the soy to meet a two on. And when they began to ask why, they said, because you are the worst of all tribes. Nobody is worse than you. And no two on would ever want to set foot anywhere near you. Meanwhile, Richardson had heard about the soy tribe. He'd heard through the grapevine that they were interested in meeting a two-on. He began to find ways of trying to get to where the Sawyer tribe was. It took him several weeks. But finally, later on, they set out by canoe for the Kamur on the river, going miles and miles away. Despite what could have been an ominous first impression in 1962 after traveling for a long ways, they begin to approach the banks of the river where the Sawi tribe lived. They saw them there, the men painted in their war paint, holding their spears, bony adornments, beating drums. Richardson was a little nervous, but stepped out of the canoe and stepped onto the shore among a tribe of people that were substantially shorter than he was. They couldn't speak each other's language. And so they begin to develop a sign language. And Richardson, after spending a little time with them that day, felt comfortable enough to ask them through very rudimentary sign language if it was possible for him and his family to build a hut and live in the very village with them. The leaders of the tribe were astounded that within just a few minutes that a two-on would show such favor and they quickly agreed and even decided that they would help him build a hut there. Months progressed. Richardson and his family, then they were very small, quickly began to learn to speak Sawi. One afternoon, as Richardson was sitting in a hut reading the Bible, which he often did, some of the elders of the tribe came and began to ask him if he would read a story from the book that he's always reading and would he please read it to them. And so in his best effort, he began to tell a story. As he began to talk, more and more of them came, and he found himself quickly repeating the beginning so that everybody could get it. And finally, many were in the hut, and he began to speak. The tribesmen were intrigued. But before he was able to even finish the story, the room exploded into laughter. They were laughing and slapping each other in the back and really enjoying it. And Richardson was very puzzled. As he surveyed the room, because he didn't know if he had told a joke or had he messed up in the language so bad that he had said something funny. They thought that he had just told a great story. And as he began to inquire, they thought the story had reached its witty conclusion. You see, he had reached the part where Judas had outsmarted Jesus and betrayed him with a kiss and walked away with the money. They were all thinking that Judas was the hero of the story because that was the very aspect of the culture that they revered the most. You see, the Sawi were revered for their poetic betrayals. The missionary's heart sank. He didn't know what to do. He thought, if they're going to celebrate Judas, how am I ever going to get to the part about telling them about Jesus? He says, if this response to the gospel wasn't grim enough war was breaking out around them some of the other tribes began picking some of the Sawi tribe off one at a time as they wandered into the forest to hunt anger was building 
The Saudi tribe began to prepare themselves for war. Richardson, fearing for his life and for his family's life, told the chief, if you're going to go to war, I'm going to have to move. My family and I will have to leave. The chief of the Saudi tribe was grieved to hear this. <clears throat> he was determined to keep the Tuans around. And he began to grow very desperate in trying to find a way that he could make peace with his enemies and still save face. Begin to think of every way that he could. So finally he asked the leaders of the other tribes if they would come and meet with him in the evening so that they could discuss peace. And each evening for a whole week, the leaders came together and Richardson would listen in as there was nothing but yelling and fighting and screaming and hollering and he recognized that peace did not seem to be very close in their discussions. Finally, a word was sent to him that the next morning Richardson needed to be in the open field, not too far from the place where the tribe lived. The next morning he made his way to that field and as he got there, he looked around and he recognized not only was he the last to arrive, but it wasn't just the chief from both tribes, but it was everybody from both tribes lined up facing each other, ready for war. He looked and he saw the chiefs and he saw the warriors and then he saw the women and he saw the children and the women holding their newborn babies. Everybody was there and he recognized that it was very possible that these tribes could wipe each other off the face of the earth within the next couple of hours. He felt hopeless. He said, Lord, I've spent so much time here hoping that I could bring a word to them that would give them hope. And he says, I see it slipping from my fingers as they stand facing each other, ready to kill each other. What, Lord, can be done? The terror of possibilities raced through Richardson's mind. They had been standing there from before dawn. He said it seemed like hours as they faced each other, waiting for somebody to make the wrong move. The chief looked at Richardson and he said, If you fight, I will leave. If you fight, I will leave. The chief of the Sai tribe stood and began to speak and... The best that Richardson could make out was that he was invoking some sort of a peace treaty. And in this treaty, one tribe was to offer the other tribe a child, a son, that they could raise. And as long as they would raise that son, there would be peace. And the chief of the Sai tribe turned and looked at his own tribe and he said, Is there anyone here willing to offer your baby? Father says, Is there anyone here that's willing to give your son as a peace child to the other tribe? And no one moved. The mothers held more tightly to their own children. The chief was growing anxious and more and more worried. And the other tribe was growing more and more anxious. Finally, without any other options, the chief of the Sa'i tribe ran over to his own wife and their brand new infant son and took the son from her arms. After no volunteers came, he took his own son. And when he did so, his wife grabbed him and lurched forward and screamed and tearing at her husband's clothes. And quickly the tribe grabbed her and tackled her to the ground. And the chief took his son and ran as quickly as he could across that field. Standing in front of his enemy. Finally reaches out 
slowly with every muscle he has overcomes his own fear and his own instincts and he extends his own baby son giving him over to the warrior father there is a picture of this that I would like to show you after handing this baby over the chief slowly walked backwards keeping an eye on each other back to their tribes slowly the grief in his wife and his own eyes were unbearable but the long-term well-being of his tribe was more important than his own son and after staring at each other for some time the tribe slowly began to move away and as each tribe began to leave the only ones that were left were the two tribal leaders standing where their lines had once been each chief began to walk toward the missionary Richardson as they stood before him they began to explain what had just happened that day they said we have declared peace because of the ritual of the peace child as long as that child is alive and being raised well by the other tribe there will be peace among us the war stopped and Richardson was able to stay and in that very moment when peace was about to be destroyed God opened up a door for him to begin to speak and after gathering back with the tribe that night he turned to John 316 and he said this to them for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and as he said that he looked at the leader of the tribe he said but he gave him so that no one should perish but that everybody should have everlasting life tonight Jesus is our peace child given to us to bring peace with Almighty God given to us to prove once and for all how far God will go to show you that he can bring you back into peace with him if you have ever doubted how important you are to God if you have ever doubted how loved you are by God if you have ever doubted how valuable you are to God then tonight I want you to come face to face with the peace child from heaven. The King of kings and the Lord of lords who was born so that his body would be broken for you. Who was born that his blood would be poured out for you. The peace child born to prepare a way for you to hear and to taste and to forever know the love of God, the Father, the creator of everyone and the creator of the universe who knows you by name. And in this verse that we all probably know by heart are 12 of the greatest facts ever contained in Scripture. First, the greatest lover is God. Second, the greatest extent is so loved. Third, the greatest number is the world. No one is excluded from this number. Fourth, the greatest act is that He gave. Tonight I know there are children that are looking forward to seeing what has been given to them. But for a moment, would you recognize that God gave first? Fifth, the greatest gift. He gave His one and only Son. Sixth, the greatest invitation. That whoever, that whoever 
Tonight, that includes you. No one is excluded. Regardless of what you've done or what you think of yourself, no one is excluded from this gift. Seventh, the greatest simplicity. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe. Eighth, the greatest person. You believe in Jesus. Believe that He knows you. He loves you. He died for you. He's come to redeem you and has a plan for your life that's better than you can make yourself. Ninth, the greatest deliverance. Those that believe shall not perish. Tenth, the greatest deliverance is found in one small word. But. Eleventh, the greatest certainty is the word have. And twelfth, the greatest possession, eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. All this we have at Christmas in Christ Jesus our Lord who was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary and suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified. He died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And He shall come back. He shall return. And He will judge the living and the dead. Let me share with you the rest of the story. Because this summer, in June 2012, the Richardson family went back to see the Sawyer tribe. As he stepped out of the boat, he jubilantly saw a crowd of people that was gathering there, beating the drums, so happy to see him. And the elders that he had left so many years ago were now gray-haired and surrounded by other people. In fact, it wasn't just the Sawyer tribe, but it was all four tribes that lived in the region had come together because the Sawyer tribe had taken the truth of the peace child to the other tribes. That day, Richardson baptized 315 men, women, and children. He dedicated 130 babies. He presided over a mass wedding of 102 couples that married in the name of Jesus Christ. And he added, and they were all monogamous. And the ceremony ended that night with everybody dancing and shouting before the Lord because of the truth of the peace child had set them free. Over 30 years ago, NASA sent a Voyager space probe into the universe. It carried a 12-inch copper disk that was filled with diagrams and photographs and music and recording of earth sounds. And it was the intention of NASA that if the Voyager were ever discovered by aliens, that they would know something about life on this planet. How differently God communicates with us. He didn't send us a recording and He didn't send us a picture. He sent us His Son, Jesus Christ, the interplanetary probe all the way from heaven to earth. I'm going to ask our worship team if they would please come. And as they do at this Christmas time, Jesus seeks room in your heart. Even though the first time He came, there was no room for Him in the end. The gift that Jesus brings to you tonight is forgiveness of sins, meaning and purpose for this life,
and eternal life for all ages to come. I'm going to ask that you would bow your heads for just a moment with me as we take this opportunity to seek the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would take this simple devotion tonight and on this of all nights that those that may not know you would open up their heart to the truth of the peace child of God sent from heaven to earth to not just change our life but change our destiny and to change our eternity. May this Christmas for those of us that know you and love you be rich because of your presence. And for those that come to you tonight may it be brand new because you have brought peace to us so that we can stand in the presence of God redeemed. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand with me? Prepare your candles. Let's lower the lights. And as we sing together, let's spread the light. Oh, 